Welcome to Thursday Night Nuggets. Oh. What's up, y'all? We got a uh, hot topic for you tonight. Sizzling. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about um, just one of the biggest deceptions in America. And it is sexual relations outside of marriage. How it is morally accepted um, in this nation, you know. Mm. Um, and just to start you off with a stat, uh, 74% of Americans believe that sexual relations outside of marriage is morally acceptable. Like it's it's okay. And so um, it always takes me back to. What my wife says all the time, like, why, uh, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Ah, uh, so, well. <laughs> and so just looking at um, the generation that has come behind us, Gen Z, um, and what we have accepted, the generations before them, that basically gives them permission to kind of walk this path, and we start to ignore start to ignore the initial purpose of God's design for sex and marriage and so we start to miss how God put a man and a woman together in marriage to enjoy sex right we start we start um, forgetting how precious and how valuable this gift is and now it's just used at our pleasure you know pun intended Right. So now it's just like, oh, you know, we don't necessarily have to get married. I mean, we already live together. Why do we need to go through this whole process? Plus, here comes the world's wisdom. It's it's cheaper just to, to stay as you are. Right. You don't have to worry about getting a venue. You don't have to worry about getting invitations and setting it all up. Like you and have like, to have a wedding. Yeah. Like just work smarter not harder and hey listen if it doesn't work out you don't have to worry about getting a divorce you don't have to worry about (laughs) you know legal issues getting involved like if it doesn't work out then both of you can just go your separate ways and we've accepted that and not taking marriage um as serious as we need to Mm. and making it as sacred as god designed it to be because i mean let's be real here Marriage is, is, to me, in my opinion, marriage is the most attacked uh, thing by the enemy than anything else. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because marriage is a mirror or a spitting image, if you will, of our relationship with God and his relationship with us. Why do you say that? Because God made a covenant with us, right? He had an old covenant and he had a new covenant. And we're under this new covenant that's a commitment. And so therefore, when we decide to get married, like we're making a commitment to somebody, right? And so therefore, that's a reflection of our relationship with Christ and his relationship with us to the point where that's the example in the Bible, what Paul talks about. Husbands, love your wives and wives, you know, submit to your husbands. This displays, yeah, this displays the uh this displays christ and so when we start to devalue it right and and kind of walk 
in disobedience by allowing what God did not design, then then we're missing uh, a, a a revelation of who God is. Yeah, and I was of course <laughs> piggyback off what you said, you know, and what is true and biblical, because um, we had this conversation off podcast, um, just random, kind of random. And it, the light bulb went off, you know, uh, when I was driving, just like, man, you know, it makes sense, more sense to me why Satan is aiming at marriages, you know, because um, with marriages, they start so much, like from marriage, like develops so much fruit, right? Develops, first of all, of course, we already talked about it, mirrors the um, relationship that Christ has with the church. It mirrors what it should look like biblically. It mirrors love. It mirrors, you know, the image of love, the image of Christ, um, the image of how love should be shown towards each other to those who aren't married, to those who are aspiring to be married. Um, if, of course, with the marriage. <laughs> that we show is biblical is and that we're trying to you know show towards each other is biblical so if we're following that path in marriage um it shows and represents so much like um around us and to the people around us and satan of course doesn't like that and so yes it's attacked more so um than other things it's easy to attack people when they're by themselves, but it's harder to attack um, one who is in communion with one another and God. Um, and they share that three, that communion of three. And so, what is it? A three-stranded cord can't easily be bro- broken. And so, Satan's like, bet, I, I challenge that. And especially challenges those marriages that don't have God. And so my light bulb just went off um, of why more so Satan attacks um, marriages. And I'm stuck on marriages because (laughs) from the marriages, like the foundation, if you have the, if Jesus Christ is your foundation in marriage, um, it's man, it's darn near unstoppable like there's so much fruit like I said that can be developed from marriages um you know of course (laughs) ministries even if you're not trying to if I said your foundation is in Christ um bountiful representations of love of what the love of God looks like to other people um and then not just that but when you start having children you know what that looks like through your children like you develop um what's it you develop a nation right through your womb you develop shoot what is it um what's the word is it sort of maybe uh, not legend legacy yes thank you you develop a legacy through your womb you develop like when you're in the vein of Jesus Christ and your partner or spouse is in the vein 
of uh, Jesus Christ and that communion with God, oh my goodness, like that is powerful. And then it goes, this is a spiritual thing, so it goes through the womb into your child, right? Um, And then they develop that vein and that relationship with Jesus prayerfully, right? (laughs) And then, because it's in them now, and then through them, they develop, they create another and another and another. Like, this isn't, it just, it doesn't stop at your marriage. Like, so when you're having sex outside of marriage, it's not sacred anymore, right? That communion, that bond is not sacred anymore because it's outside of the vein of Jesus Christ. It's outside of the communion um, that you have made with God and before God um, to make it sacred, like, (laughs) you know, um, with marriage. And so, like, sex outside of marriage defiles the purpose of sex that God had created it for. And so, that's, I guess, the point, roundabout point that I was getting to with marriage um, in relation to sex. And just, like, the world's view versus what God intended it for. Um, And where, like, and... I truly believe, because sex is an important part of marriage. It really is. It brings you closer. There's a closer intimacy. Um, and that, you know, is a vital part in propelling um, the relationship further with Christ, too. Like, because now you have and develop that trust, like, with each other, you know? Like, I know this person isn't going anywhere. Like, and you even said, my husband even said, I I fear God, like, too much to even think about another woman in that way or to even go outside my marriage. Like, you know, in that sort of way. And so the fear of God comes into play as well when it comes to, okay, should I have sex with someone in marriage? Should I have sex with someone? You know, (laughs) like, um, how much do you fear God? Like, when it comes to sex outside of marriage, um, or adultery when you are married, right? Like, how much do you really fear God and, um, your relationship, the proximity of it with God? Like, is it close? You know, if it is, then the fear of God would be in you too great. And the fear, and not just fear like I'm scared, but reverence, reverential fear, meaning I respect you too much, Lord. I hold you at the highest, most highest standard. And so, no, I'm not going to do that because I respect you. And I know you. And since I know you and I love you, and I, I have this reverential fear for you. I'm not even going to think into that thing. Because... Um, it's scripture, of course. We're talking about lust. You already think it. You've already done it. You've already created the sin. So, I know I feel like I'm going everywhere, but I'm trying to make a point. So, I'm done with that. Oh, you're good. You're good. And 
that's um I was gonna go into that point so we segue right on in. Okay. Like having that type of fear or if we're breaking it down even more, I guess having that type of respect, mm-hmm. right? Like I was saying earlier, like if you don't value this thing just like ah, oh, you know we don't have to be married because you miss the value of it it's not necessarily i mean you do miss the value of it but the root of it is you don't respect the one who gave sex to us yeah who created it yeah you don't respect him enough to say because you gave this to us how would you have us to use it mm-hmm. and because of that because you don't do that you you display your lack of respect for god you don't have that fear of God because that's that's not important to you. And the interesting thing to me is you treat your body like it's your own and it's not. Yeah. And, and we can go into different areas, um, but since the topic tonight is sexual relations outside of marriage, this is what we're, we're touching on. You can't treat your body like it's your own because you didn't create yourself, mm-hmm. right? So someone created you, and now you owe that someone your life. I mean, you really do. Think about it. If you were going to work and something was happening to you where it was threatening your life and somebody all of a sudden comes and saves your life, you're going to feel like you owe them your life. Like, oh, man, what can I do for you or you know, how can I repay you? Like, you, you're the reason why, watch this, you're the reason why I'm still here. Because had you not been in this moment with me, I would have died, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take that picture and go all the way to the beginning of you being even created. And you go back to the creator and you look and say, whoa, if it had not been for you having me in your mind, I would never exist. I wouldn't be here. And so therefore, how how do you want me to repay you? And the creator tells you in his word, and I think it, I believe it's in the book of Romans where Paul starts to talk about how we yield our members to Christ or we yield our members to righteousness and we become a slave to that. Mm-hmm. And 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 tying into that me saying that is because the reason why is because you're not your life is not your own you didn't you didn't come here on your own regardless of you know how you know people have said well you won the race you know your sperm hit the egg and uh, amongst all the other sperms you won but that still has nothing to do with you creating yourself it's impossible And so therefore you owe the creator your life because he's the one who created you. We're not even talking about just saved you. He's the one who created you and gave you existence. And so with that being known, there should be a automatically a level of respect and fear for the creator, at least to seek him and see what it is that he has designed your body to do. And how he has designed your body to do it. Because when we start to ignore this, we, we really start to devalue his instruction, his direction, and his commands. And we start to miss uh, the purity and holiness of who he is because of our own selfish desires. Because now we're missing the benefits of his love 
because we're so tied to lust. And we're so and you can say, well, I'm not I'm not in lust. Like I, I I'm just exactly like marriage. I love one woman. I mean, I'm not out here looking for many other women. Yeah, but you're still outside of his will. And anything outside of his will, you can chalk it up to lust. Because now you're selfishly saying, I'm going to do what my flesh wants and not what you have designed or desire for me to do. And so if I'm not in his love, I am automatically in lust, right? I'm automatically in lust because I'm outside of his will. And when I'm outside of his will, I am declaring to God, my flesh has more value than you do. And because my flesh has more value than you do, I'm going to do what I want to do and ignore what you have for me that is better for me. And it makes more sense. And I'm not talking about your natural senses and and the natural wisdom that we have in this world. No, I'm talking about your spiritual senses, the real you. That's where we make more sense. Everything we see now isn't as real as you think it is. And I don't want to go down that trail because it's not what we're talking about. But just to kind of touch on it from where we are, it isn't as real as you think it is. And so when you fall into the trap of doing things outside of God's will, i.e. having sex outside of marriage, then you're really falling into this deception of thinking that what you're doing is okay when it's only going to lead to destruction. Yeah, and I was um, hitting on a few points that you were saying about our Creator, the only Creator, our Lord and Savior, you know, Jesus Christ, who's come with us, made um, man in our image. And so I went to Jeremiah 1 5, for I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> the Lord knows us from the inside out. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. And so there's no fooling. There's no going around the corner. There's no trying to hide um, and flee from what he's created you to do as Jonah tried there, there's no there's no getting around um, what he created what his word is is, is true it's set in stone um, and someone made a point it was apostle um, Tommy Arioni um, and you know it, there's scripture to back it up that once God says something he can't take it back it's like in court it's a legal ordeal and so once you know he says marriage is sacred right should be held at a high honor as in hebrews 13 4 marriage is to be held in honor among all so all includes those who aren't married and those who are married um, those who would aspire to be married and those maybe who don't aspire to be married, it's still to be held in honor amongst all. And so, um, 
But yeah, it's, it's to be held in honor. And so, um, oh, that's where I was going to. And so when God's word says that, and we see that in his word, again, Hebrews 13, 4, uh, <laughs> we say, okay, Lord, you already put it out there. And so you mean what you say and you say what you mean right god is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent has he not said it will he not do it has he not spoken will he not make it good his word is not going to return to him void so what he says he's going to see that is it is completed to perfection okay and we're not saying that oh we're perfect because we're married in christ no, it comes with its difficulties, but we know that marriage in Christ is held at a high honor. And since God created it, and since he sees it um, in a high honor amongst all, then we should too. We should live in it too. We should walk in it too. This is not a game. This is not to be played with, you know, and that's another thing. I know I'm going on this marriage and we're talking about sex, (laughs) but it's so important, y'all. It's so important. Um, But um, anywho, it just, it ties together. It really does. Marriage and sex and how the world views it versus um, how it's biblically and how it's biblically supposed to be seen. You know, how the world sees it is not how God intended. And people will be, and I'm not going, like you said, down this path, but people will be very shocked, you know, because God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And so, like, how we, or the world sees sex, and sexual relations, right? It's become so perverted. Um, marriage is not even in the equation anymore, if I can be honest. Like, it's not in the equation. It's not <laughs> even considered, honestly. It's seen as as simple as eating a piece of candy. It's satisfying for a little bit, and uh, thanks. I'm on to the next piece. That's pretty rough and abrupt, but that's how it's seen. That's how it's treated. Um, It's not held to a high honor. Um, Marriage is. um, It's really seen as another piece of candy. And I, it's just, I don't know, God is displeased. And it's not anything to be played with it's something to you know if you are having sex outside of marriage it's something to really stop first of all pray about repent ask god for forgiveness and say lord again which direction do you want me to go let me let me look in the scripture let me pray to you let me you know um bring my thoughts in my heart before you in my mind before you lord clear my mind, clear my heart of any wickedness, of any ill intentions towards you, because that's not where I want to go. That's not the path, you know, that I want to take. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I know I harped on marriage a lot, but it, it plays a big role when it comes to sex. Like, 
because it's it's sacred. Marriage is sacred, sex is sacred, and they connect and mesh well so together because that's how God intended it to be. So, um, like, if you say, oh, I can't control it, it's because you don't have control of your flesh. You know, your flesh is overtaking your spirit. And so, again, stop, pray, repent, go to, go to church, go, go to someone you know. If you don't want to read your own scripture that you trust, who knows God? And repent of your evil ways. I had to. I'm not perfect, you know. And God has forgiven me. So it's like, okay, if he can forgive me, he can forgive anybody. Even the worst of worst. So, yeah. I just wanted to add, (laughs) too, that um, I think one of the biggest reasons why it's so morally accepted, uh, you touched on it, because it's in it's in the movies, mm-hmm. it's, it's on the TV screen, it's it's always in your face. But here's the biggest reason why I think it's so morally accepted, because there's no consequence. Mm. There's or excuse me, there's a, no immediate consequence. I was say, okay. So when you look at sex outside of marriage, and you see people who do it, you're like, oh, well, they're fine. You know, I mean, what? Come on, Donnell. What are the chances that I catch a disease? Like, I mean, th- these chances are, are pretty slim. I- I've got a couple boys. Uh, I've got a couple friends. They've done it. They're fine. And you know, you know, they've done it since they were young, and they're fine. The power of influence. And so you look at that, and people could try to use that as an argument because there's no. There's no consequence, right? There's no immediate consequence. Now you can see people will say, oh, well, you know, you had a child at a young age, and you didn't really get to live your life, and then people twist that around and say, but children are a joy. Yeah, children are blessings. Yeah, they're a blessing. So in the end, although we may not want it to be this way, look what came out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can twist things and turn things that way, but here's the 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 truth of the matter is that's not how God designed it and that's outside of his will Mm -hmm. because as my wife touched on marriage is sacred and because marriage is sacred sex is sacred because God designed sex to only happen in marriage (laughs) and so therefore these are very sacred things that are not taken seriously and the reasons why is because like I mentioned number one is there there's really no immediate consequence to some or to most you can say and then number two it's being so pumped out in your face in movies and tv shows as if it's okay we're watching love stories of people who aren't married that are are having sex outside of marriage in the movie and we're just like oh man i hope john and jill stay together I hope they don't break up or I hope this doesn't happen. We're starting to root for these people. Yeah. And they're not applying or 
submitting to the will of God. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing, there's something wrong with you watching a movie or whatever that they're doing that, but I'm just saying, are you seeing the agenda and the conditioning that it has put your mind frame in mm -hmm. to now we transfer that to reality and we say, no, it's just like the movie. Yeah, they're fine. They're okay. And we miss valuing sex and the person, and the person, excuse me, yeah, and the person. We miss valuing sex and the giver of that gift and how he designed us to use it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you said it. I mean, <laughs> sex isn't sacred. That should probably be the title. Yeah, that's ah, a good one. Sex isn't sacred. Sex isn't sacred no more. SIS. Acronym for sex, sex isn't sacred. Hashtag. That should be like a book title. <laughs> a song. Sex isn't sacred. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, yeah. We just once get on here and share not just our thoughts, but of course have biblical um, backup because that, of course we know, like we spoke on Facebook Live, that you know Scripture holds the authority, has the last say. God has the final say. Okay, and so. Um, yeah, we won't get on here without having, let's say, godly proof, right? Uh, scriptural proof, scriptural backup, backup, backup. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're gonna work on our closing, but we are done with this one. <laughs> Yeah, so we appreciate y'all. Thank mm -hmm. you for taking the time to listen. And as always, you know, share your opinions with us. Share your thoughts. Yeah. Leave a comment. Um, let us know what you guys are thinking and feeling about it. And uh, if you have questions, leave those in there too. And we'll be sure that we answer them for y'all. Mm -hmm. uh, we appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Love y'all. And we'll uh, talk to y'all next time. Mm -hmm.